The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I'm Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. This woman discovered her passion for women in her mid-20s. In her community, a serial rapist was in the news, but the women he raped were not. When she asked why, she was gently taken to the side and whispered that the victims were prostitutes. She wondered, what does this mean? Isn't every woman valuable? So she got involved in the case and found the victims of the rapist were from all walks of life and that these women had families, jobs, and dreams. She got involved by posting the faces of these victims everywhere, and suddenly people started to care. They saw the victims. And this woman realized she could be a voice for the voices. Her first glimpse into the power she had to make a difference in women's lives was revealed, and a path toward greatness unfolded. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Chauncey Klein. Hi, Chauncey. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, hello, Annette. So grateful to be here today. So excited. Thank you for having me. Yes, and I'm so glad you took time out of your busy schedule to share your wisdom. So let's get started. You grew up in a family of 10 children. All were girls except for one boy. Yet as an adult, your career path has been in areas where there are mostly men. How have you learned to professionally integrate successfully with so much testosterone? (laughs) <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Great question. Um, you know, I, I grew up, as you said, with a very large family uh, and truly the strength of my mother. Uh, you know, my mother was a very strong and is a very strong woman. And because you were in a home with so many women, you had to take territory. You know, you you had to mark your territory. <laughs> and so although with a lot of women, you know, in marking your territory, you could be competitive, but loving. I think that was truly uh, impetus of, of my ability to navigate and matriculate uh, through the corporate ladder by being competitive, uh, but being loving, uh, standing firm, but being strong. And understanding that, you know, everyone adds value. So I think I've been able to navigate that because of the strength of my mother. I mean, she really taught us how to be tough. When times get tough, you get tough. And so I've learned to uh, navigate and to work alongside men in spite of, you know, some of the challenges. Excellent. And so when men get tough with you, you have no problem in standing your ground and in your power. Absolutely. I am a very issue results oriented type woman. And when I aim for results, get out of my way. Uh, Here she comes. Get out of my way. I'm focused, very focused, laser being focused. Uh, and, And we'll circle back to that because you've opened up something I'd like to explore a little bit. But let's move to the next question. You learned how to break the ceiling, the glass ceiling in places you chose to play by watching other women. What was the most important thing you learned along the way with regard to this? Yes, be unique, be who you are. Uh, don't dumb down, um, you know, understand your value and your worth. And so I wasn't seeking to assimilate. It's never, you know, it was never my call to assimilate, but to add value. So you can add value in the mix of, you know, a very competitive environment and a very hard environment where you do have to break the glass ceiling. Uh, and shatter it, really. And doing that is just being who you are and being confident about who you are and your calling in life and your purpose. 
and being steadfast and unmovable in that. And I think that has really, you know, this drive that I have, I think has really helped me to align with women who cared about other women and who are willing to teach. And I'm a lifelong learner. So I've always wanted to learn new things, explore new things. And what better way to learn from another woman who's already blazed the trail and who who has already gone before you? What better way to glean and learn uh, and to explore life and your career? And I think that has been a very good model for my life and the model that I use for others. So before we leave that question, I want to dig just a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. So in your ability to learn from other women and to recognize the value they have in teaching you the ropes, why do you think so many women see other women as competitors as opposed to aligning with them and making them their allies? Because, you know, you and I have both seen it. I've seen it not at all levels of, of leadership, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're onto something in that because I think the key to it is everyone is unique. You know, everyone was created different. Everyone has value. And I think sometimes when you're not confident about the contribution you make, you start looking at others and you start wanting what others have. When you take time to discover who you really are, you take your eyes off people and you keep your eyes on where you're headed. And I think that can help to mitigate some of the level of jealousy and and competition, especially in corporate. You know, I believe we're stronger together. I believe when women unite, we are forced to be reckoned with. Uh, We're naturally nurturers. And so we grow things. We give birth to new things. And I think together we're stronger and we can do so much more uh, together than we can do apart. And when we recognize that, I agree with you, we are we truly are an unstoppable force. I've certainly Absolutely. found that to be true. But women at all levels struggle to be recognized for their value. And during your corporate career, this happened to you when you were offered a new executive position at half the pay of the man that had the job before you. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how did you choose to fight this and claim your value? I humble myself. I had something I had to show. I, I wanted to prove my value, my worth. And so it was an act of humility. Uh, it, it was, you know, not dumbing down, but being able to demonstrate my capacity to grow things, to impact people. Uh, and I was willing to negotiate a future gains without immediate gratification. So there, there had to be some delayed gratification, be able to demonstrate that I could do the job and being able to be rewarded uh, in the end for that. And I was rewarded significantly for my ability for results. So I had confidence that I could deliver. Many didn't think I could, um, but when put to the test and being able to demonstrate my capacity and to bring other people along with me, I think the key to my leadership style and ability has not to go alone, but in many companies, being able to take people along the journey with me. And I believe that's an asset, a value that I think uh, that women that we can glean and learn from each other. Not only do we go higher, we bring others with us. And I believe that helps to make a more rich and more thriving and more profitable environment when you can bring others along with you. And I, I want to speak to that directly for those of you listening, because if you listen to what Chauncey said, She has said that one of the keys to her success is that she has not tried to do it alone. Mm -hmm. And so many of you listening believe that you have to do it alone. And I'll admit, I was one of those years ago that believed that as well. I wasn't going to let anybody, nobody could do it better than me. 
And I, as time went by and I matured in my leadership style, Mm -hmm. I started Mm -hmm. to recognize that the the power was not in my ability. The Mm -hmm. power was in my ability to tap onto other people's abilities. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like that you discovered that very early as well. Absolutely. And being in a large family, coming from a large family, it's shared responsibility. Uh, you know, you, you can't go on a lot. It took everyone in the home to make it work. And I believe that's where my teamwork, uh, you know, my characteristic, my, my value around teamwork, I believe it started, you know, with, a, with nine other siblings. You had to work it out. You know, you had to work through the tough times. I mean, we didn't grow up, uh, you know, very advantaged. So we had to work our way through very hard terrains of life. And we managed to do it together. And I believe, I thank my family, you know, for instilling that in me, that we do it better together. And, and with 10, you know, nine other siblings, you don't have a, really don't have a choice. You, you got to find a way. And so I've taken that trait and I've taken that, value that I really believe in is, is my, my strength is getting people to work together for a common goal and for end results. And, and I believe as women together, we have the capacity to do that when, when, when that's the aim and the focus. You know, and I think about you growing up in that large family and saying that you had to learn teamwork. You know, the interesting thing about those dynamics is also you had to learn to resolve conflict. Because ah. the parents certainly didn't have time with that many <laughs> children. They didn't have time to get in the middle of the silly squabbles that you were going to have. And think about how well that has served you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And don't even know how you were having all that training for this journey of greatness you were going on. And you had no idea what it was preparing you for. Absolutely. You're so on target. You know, conflict resolution is an essential skill as a leader, especially women who are rising up in the corporate ladder. I learned how to pick my battles and pick my wars, uh, you know, and, and a war of words. Uh, you'll find in, in corporate environments, sometimes there's a war of words. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, it's good to hold and fold into the, you know, strategic time to let loose, you know. And so I learned early on, you know, Chauncey, pick your battles and pick your wars. Every battle, you know, you want to win. The goal is to win, you know, not to win the argument, but to win for the team. And, and so that's something that I have embraced over the years. And I think it has really helped me in my area of fruitfulness and in whatever position that I've had the privilege to serve. And tremendous wisdom that you just shared. Thank because you. Because it is, it is, we so often lose sight that it's not the battle that we're mm-hmm. fighting. It's the war, the end result of the war we're going for. So you do mm-hmm. have to be strategic and where you put your energies, where you spend the emotions, the physical energy, all of that. Otherwise, yeah. you end up burned out and you still don't reach your, your goal, which leads me perfectly into the next question I have for you. You are big into self-care, and I know you make it a point of scheduling it in your calendar. So why is this so important to you? And what would you say to women that say they don't have the time or money to practice self-care? Well, You don't have a choice. You know, no, part of wholeness is wellness. And part of wellness is balance. And so when women are focused on a goal or a target or a project, we are all in. We give it our all. I I don't see too many women who are who rise to the leadership level, uh, you know, the corporate, the executive level, and not give it her all. That's just our natures. As mothers, we give all. As wives, we give all. 
So, you know, in our capacity, we have the proclivity to just give all in. And so if we're not intentional around self-care and balancing, we get burnt out. And a woman that's burnt out is not effective. I've noticed women who, you know, who you can lose focus. You can be easily distracted if you're tired. And I have a strategy called HALT. You know, what do you do when you're tired? You know, you HALT. You know, HALT means you seek help. Sometimes you need help along that journey. You know, sometimes, you know, when you when you need to HALT, you, you recognize, you know, I'm getting a little angry. I'm getting a little anxious. So it's time to HALT. You know, I need to HALT, um, you know, when I feel myself, when anxiousness is rising. You know, also when I'm lonely. You know, sometimes with leadership, you can be lonely. That's an indicator for self-care, you know, halt. It's time to halt. It's time to stop. It's time to take a break. You got to halt when you're feeling lonely. You got to halt when you're feeling tired and you're not trusting the people around you. You're not hearing the people around you. So those are some strategic times when you're hurting, when you're angry, when you're lonely, you know, when, when, when you're not trusting the team around you, you know, it's time to appoint, schedule an appointment with yourself. And that means you self-care. That means, you know, I go to the spa. You know, that means I take a walk alone. You know, we don't have to always shop. <laughs> I think sometimes <laughs> I think that's just a substitute for where our, really our cry. And our cry is really sometimes for being, you know, just taking care, relaxing, being able to uh, enjoy, you know, life's journey and serving. You know, serving is an opportunity for me. To, for self-care. I schedule volunteer appointments, you know, where I can go and serve and give. It's a way that I release. You have to know what self-care looks like to you and what the things you enjoy doing. And so I'm a big advocate of women. Uh, taking care of children is not self-care. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I haven't it's seen family care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're exactly right. And, and this self-care is, um, and it looks different for each mm-hmm. woman, for sure. Yeah. But one of the things that, that I certainly would suggest to our listeners is look what nurtures your soul, mm-hmm. not just your body, which is certainly important, but what nurtures your soul, your emotions, your spirit, your, yeah. your mental outlook, your, the whole package, because we are a whole package. Yeah. Those of women yeah. that are so driven, like you and I and others listening, if you don't take the time to take care of that whole package, some piece of it's going to break down. Absolutely. And we, and we see it. I mean, when you look at the stress levels, especially at the corporate level, uh, it's alarming. If you look at heart disease amongst women, it's alarming because it is mind, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, and it requires an investment. An investment doesn't mean quantity. It means quality of time. It's not just you know, hours and hours is what do you do with the time that you do schedule in terms of self-care? So I'm a big proponent of balancing uh, and balancing well. Right, right. Absolutely. Such good advice. So there's an art to getting buy-in when you're wanting something. Mm -hmm. And I know you believe this as well. So what has been your art of buy-in that is attributed to your success? I believe that what has attributed to my success in terms of buy-in is being able to lead by example. Uh, Leading by example 
getting, I don't say do as I say, do as I do. You know, how can I be a good example of leadership, especially in an organization? You know, it's easy to go say, do this, do that. When you're in an executive level position, you have that luxury. And sometimes I think it's an abuse of power. And sometimes it's important to come down off the ladder and come amongst the people and serve. You know, I believe in serving leadership, you know, coming alongside the team, being able to hear not just how they're doing professionally, but personally. You know, I get buy-in because I really care about people. You know, I have a model that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I'm a big advocate for caring for those who I spend time with. And in corporate environments, we spend a lot of time with each other. So you really have a family, you know, an extended family. And why not care about your extended family? I think it makes us, that's a part of our wholeness and wellness is caring, uh, uh, genuinely caring about others, not just to achieve an objective, but to make sure that you grow people around you. And then in the entrepreneur space, Chauncey, those same rules apply because women that are growing companies, leading companies, I think I have seen them get off target with that because they're so stretched with so many tasks at hand that they forget that their employees are watching just like children. They're watching everything they do and they're taking clues how they're supposed to behave in their individual roles. So absolutely. And I found that out as I uh, transitioned from managing, you know, a major resort, you know, to owning my own business. I am so intentional. I think more so as an entrepreneur, intentionality is my best friend. Uh, (laughs) Truly, truly, it, it is. It drives me to make sure I'm intentional about my calendar because I am a wife. I am a mother. So now that I own my own business, I can be more flexible with how I schedule, what projects I take on, you know, how much I take on. And am I driven just about money or am I driven by the mission of what I, you know, seek to accomplish? And so I find myself more these days, more mission driven in my business. I take on projects that I'm very passionate about. And so the burnout, it becomes less of burnout, more so than the blessings of being able to help someone achieve their goal, you know, as an entrepreneur. So, you know, I weigh that balance of of not just taking on projects where, you know, I believe, you know, money is necessary, but I think mission is also important. Why do you really do what you do? And so I use that as a guiding post for me uh, in my business as an entrepreneur. And and I'm growing and very successful in what I'm doing, uh, but I'm so intentional around that. You're just doing beautiful in terms of leading me into the next question I have for you. So this is perfect. So you believe, because I know from our our conversations Mm -hmm. prior, that you believe nothing happens by accident, but is by divine design. Now, this is a strong belief that certainly has shaped how you live. So share with those listening and watching how you got to this belief and how you make it part of your daily living. Yes, very good question. So I do believe nothing happens by accident. Things are happening by divine design. And I believe this value is based on we were all created with purpose and our purpose is aligned. You know, you, you, you tend to connect often with people who align with your purpose. And because you align with them with purpose, you know, the connections are important. I'm very relational. And I believe nothing happens without people. You know, the world happens because people help things happen in the world. And so that value of being able to 
around this divine design, it means walking in purpose daily, uh, not losing sight of why I was creating and helping other people to understand why they were created and the contribution they make in, you know, to the earth and making the world better. And so I believe that if we are a belief of that value, that you know, I was not created by accident, uh, that everything that I can do is really because of my design. You know, some people are not as passionate about people. That's not how they were wired. That's not their purpose. But people who are passionate around people, you'll find they navigate and attract other people who have similar or kindred spirits. And so I do believe that nothing happens by accident. And it's important that you discover who you are. You know, sometimes we're in these leadership positions and we do things, you know, out of financial obligations. You know, I had one woman tell me the other day, listen, I have a mortgage to pay, (laughs) you know, and I said, well, if you get burned out and you're sick and you're not able to work, who's going to pay that mortgage? So you can't just live for a mortgage. You know, I want you to live a more fruitful life. And, you know, she said she, she had not looked at that perspective. You know, that you can't just live to pay a mortgage. You got to really live to live, (laughs) you know, live while you're living. And that requires that you know that you were designed for more. I believe destiny is about more. You know, where you are, there's greater to experience. I'm quite sure there's some things, Annette, that you still desire to experience. Likewise, you know, there's some things I have not even scratched the surface. So as a lifelong (laughs) learner, I'm always looking for ways to grow on this journey called life. And so it, because it's not by accident, you know, everything we do, it has connectivity. Uh, You know, I'm quite sure if you were to travel back over your life, you can connect the dots and you can really see that it all was for uh, growth. You know, you may not be where you were 10 years, but there's a, there's a seamless thread through your life because I believe it's all by design. I really do. And isn't that freeing? Oh, it's very free. I mean, <laughs> because now you, 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 instead of trying to control everything, which us driven women can often try to do, yeah. you now yeah. can let go and recognize that divine design is designing your next step. Yeah. And you just got to show up and do your part. Absolutely. Every day you got to show, you got to be present. That's right. And the divine will take care of the rest for sure. Absolutely. So, Chauncey, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? Wow. I, I believe that change is inevitable. You know, sometimes we resist change, even in as business women, as corporate women, you know, change is inevitable. You know, sometimes we like to Stay where we are. You know, sometimes we're in positions for eternity. (laughs) (laughs) When we've long outgrown them, right? (laughs) Yeah, when we've long outgrown them. And so, you know, I just want to, you know, share that expect change. You know, even our bodies change, you know, the change of life. You know, when you get a certain peak, expect to change. You know, we all have optimal levels. But when you reach that peak, just know a change is ahead. And don't resist the change. Flow. Uh, Grow and flow in the change of life. It's good. It's good for you. Because if you don't grow, you stay stuck. So change is inevitable. Embrace it. That is wonderful closing wisdom. That is fabulous. Thank you, Chauncey, for being with me today and for taking time from your family, from your crazy schedule, from your all all the things that you're doing. And Chansey is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. 
So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman's story unfolds. Mm-hmm.